0: On today's show. We take a look back at a cathartic win for the Hornets in Orlando last night.
1: But what have you done for me lately? The Hornets have another game tonight against Miami. Can they follow up that big performance against the Magic?
0: We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on, Hornets.
1: Are locked on Uh, locked on locked on hornets
0: your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast part of the locked on podcast network
1: your team every day. Welcome into a much happier edition of Locked on Hornets. In depth Hornets talk in your podcast feed every day when you need it at the gym, driving to work, driving from work. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you get your podcast, and make sure to tell a friend. Hornets fans right now, they're searching for content more than ever. Let them know where the best Hornets talk in Charlotte or anywhere can be found. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, a man that I am proud to call friend, David Walker.
0: <laughs> Isn't it amazing how perspective can change, Doug? Just just how one basketball game turns out, right?
1: It's crazy. Well, you know, that, and that's how the NBA season is. It's long, and so we have to create these sort of mini storylines. But mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. fairness, uh, the Hornets really changed their attitude in, in this Orlando game oh. that we're going to talk about and recap. And so when they change their attitude, naturally we get to change our attitude about the team. So we'll talk about that here in a second. We are part of the. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. Okay, let's start in the land of Disney. And if you love offense, David, it was a fairy tale first half. Both teams lighting it up in the first two quarters. 16 points for Kimba Walker. Serge Ibaka for the Magic was red hot. 9 of 11 for 20 points. But the Hornets held on to a lead going into the break, 62-55. To the third quarter, the Magic started missing shots, and the Hornets did not. After two made buckets by Jody Meeks, the Hornets go on a 28-2 run. They were up by as many as 33 in this one. Starters got a chance to catch a breather in the fourth. That will be important the Hornets win this one easy, 120 to 101. The Hornets weren't going to let any lead slip away like they did in Brooklyn. Here's Nick Batum after the game.
0: We were focused on tonight. To no, no, well, when we were right? up 15, go up 20, then 25 and 30. So we were focused on that and we did a good job.
1: Got to mention his stat line, David 20 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. If he mm. plays the fourth quarter, he almost assuredly has a triple double. There's a lot of talk about getting Kimba Walker to the All Star game. Nick Batum, a little bit in the shadows, but he's been playing really well.
0: Playing really well as of late. You're right. And I, I, for me, that's what I was looking to see, Doug. You mentioned it, or actually, Nick Batum mentioned it, pushing that what six point lead out to you know ten or twelve, then out to fifteen, then out to twenty. That's something that we did not see in the Brooklyn game, certainly, and it's something that we haven't seen along the way when they're trying to kind of put the pedal to the metal against these teams that they they should beat and, sh- and 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 can kind of put some space between themselves so that was great to see I think that uh that's what they need to do I mean that's exactly what they need to do and you saw it in the energy and the and the uh the want to really right
1: yeah that's what we've been looking for hey speaking of stat lines this was a fantastic box score and David you know how we celebrate those on this show there's only one <laughs> way it's called the box score boogie Box score boogie time, where David and I pick out a couple of random numbers, not random, we selected them, Uh, but numbers from this box score and throw them at one another. We try to guess what the other uh, pulled. So, David, why don't you lead us off? What's your first number from this box score?
0: The first number from this box score is two.
1: Dose. Uh, two, is that the the number of friends in the NBA that George Carl has left oh. after oh. writing his book where he has basically set everyone on fire.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, really. Uh not great actually... Bob. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh that's actually the largest lead for the Orlando Magic in this in this game. So I went a little off. Uh, you know, off 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 box score Hornets wise, but that was the only lead the Magic had. But that,
1: but listen, that's important because mm-hmm. on uh, yesterday's pod, I talked with uh, Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, and I said, you know, that the Hornets have after 31 games, the Hornets had yet to get a wire to wire victory. 48 minutes mm-hmm. of good basketball, maintaining a lead; those were all important things. And while this was not technically a wire-to-wire victory, it might as well have been. And so that was very important for the Hornets uh, to get. Okay, my first number, David, is 22.7. It's a very specific oh. number. Mm.
0: 22.7. Don't forget um, the fraction. 22.7 is the number of loose hairs on... <laughs> Alfred Payton's head.
1: (laughs) He keeps it. It's you know, it's it's wild and crazy, but he keeps it tight. Uh, No, Uh, that's actually uh, Orlando's field goal percentage in the third quarter after finishing the first half at fifty nine percent. So this gives us a chance to talk about the defense because there was a lot of offense in the first half, not a ton of defense from either team, or so you would think. Uh, Clifford after the game saying that. You know, he thought the defense was good in the first half in terms of their mentality but Orlando was just making a ton of shots. David, I thought they did a great job in the third quarter of one, staying attached to Serge Ibaka and uh, Steve Clifford said they would have doubled had it been necessary but it wasn't because the magic really went away from Serge kind of inexplicably it was a lot of Jody Meeks and DJ Augustine working with one another Uh, But I thought also they applied a little more ball pressure to D.J. Augustine. I thought Kimba did a great job staying with him in the pick and roll and really forcing the ball uh, away from Serge Ibaka and making D.J. and Jody take the shot. So I I thought it was good defense in the third, and I'll just stick with Clifford here and and, and say that the the mentality was there in the first half, but Orlando, you know, Serge Ibaka, 9 of 11. Not a ton you can do about that.
0: Do you really think they would have doubled Serge Ibaka? I mean, they don't double LeBron. <laughs> they don't double Carmelo. Do you think that would have really happened?
1: Well, okay. Oh man, I want to talk about this right now, but it's sort of my discussion question that I wanted <laughs> okay. to say for the end. So, but keep that in mind. All to right, keep, let's put a pin in that. Let's put, let's a, pin put a pin in that because we that. have. I, do you have one more number? I've got one more.
0: Oh, I do. Okay, give me is. give me
1: one more number. I'll give you one.
0: All right, twenty four.
1: Uh. Well. Uh that's Jeff Gordon's number. Old number when he that, that was my favorite NASCAR driver. Um All but right. that's but that's obviously not where your head was was at. No, um no. 24. I am not I'm not sure.
0: That is the number of minutes played for your point guard Kemba Walker.
1: That's low. And yes, that's good.
0: And, yeah, that's good. 21 points in 24 minutes on 8 of 12 shooting. I I thought he's been getting a, a tad Worn down as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, just a thought that went through my head uh, the other day, kind of watching that Nets game as well. So I think that's good. Anytime they can find rest for him, so they ask so much of him. So that's good to see if they can get a win and get him some rest.
1: Yeah, especially because they have to play the Miami Heat tonight in Charlotte. So they had to fly back, yeah. and Miami's coming into it with with some rest. With a day's worth of rest, so the Hornets, you know, could use. I, I don't put a ton of stock into that in terms of will that really matter ultimately. But it's always good to get guys rest because a, yeah. you know, they, they that's a quarter where where you know you you don't have any injury concerns. We saw Cody Zeller go down in this game with a dislocated finger, and it had to be pretty damn dislocated because he was writhing in pain. I and mean, at least it wasn't broken. At least it was just a jammed. Yeah. It looked like he kind of went for a loose ball. We've all been. They're playing pickup ball except yeah he doinked it but i'm i'm pretty sure he doinked it in a pretty severe way (laughs) because he was he was in some pain as he went straight to the locker room but they got it taped up hopefully the swelling they get that under control and and he can play uh play tonight against the heat okay my last number four cuatro
0: four that's the number of of, of finger wags that Cody Zeller gave Bismack Biamba.
1: Well, it had to be two finger wags, right? It was like okay. a double finger wag because he had it taped right. up. Now, this was uh, the number <laughs> of second chance points for the Orlando Magic. The Magic had nine offensive oh. rebounds, but only four second chance points. The Hornets on the other hand only had one more offensive rebound they finished the game with 10 offensive rebounds but used them to score 14 points so that's big you know it's not it's not good enough just to keep teams off the offensive boards you have to ensure that if they do get an offensive board that you uh, you know recover and prevent them from scoring points the hornets did that the magic were unable to do that and i think it was a big factor in helping the hornets get this victory okay so Uh, Any any other point I got one more thing I want to talk about from this game and then we can get to that that thing we alluded to before with the defense.
0: Well, the only thing that I would say is that the rim runs and the cuts were on point last night. I mean, especially in that third quarter, you had guys Cody Zeller, MKG, Batum, Marvin. I mean, the lanes were wide open for sure. But the cutting and the passing and the finishing were about as good as it gets last night for the Hornets. And that's when they're they're most successful, I think. I mean, when you see them getting those easy buckets, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And part of that was Jeremy Lamb doing a great job getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no Marco in this one. Again, second straight game. And really, you know, no Marco, no problem so far for the offense, at least. Jeremy Lamb has been tremendous in place of Marco. He's averaging 15.5 points four rebounds on 50% shooting and only... He's only made three three three-pointers over the past two games and only one turnover. I think he's getting overshadowed a bit, David, because of how excellent everyone else is playing on offense. He was obviously overshadowed in Brooklyn because of how how brutally that one ended. And in this Mm -hmm. one, you had Kimba Walker scoring 21, Nick Batum scoring 20. By the way, that guard combo is suddenly coming out of its shell. You know, this is a good thing. I, I actually expected Nick Batum and Kimba Walker to be more of a a Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum kind of combo mm-hmm. with without Al Jefferson to to suck up all of the to, to to get all of that usage but it hadn't it really has not manifested itself in that way early in the season but it's starting to now where they are dominating offensive possessions and ultimately I think that's a good thing for this Hornets team they they you know the more nights that you get with Kimball Walker and Nick Batum scoring 20 points I think the the, uh, the more nights the Hornets are going to win.
0: Yeah, and that's what you guys have been clamoring for too—is a little more scoring out of the team. I mean, if he's going to score 20 points every night, uh, I mean, yeah, this team's going to be hard to match because you know Kimba's going to pour in his share as well. So you can—I mean, when you see Nick, you know, give that crossover and just step into that deep three. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of guys you watch and you just think, that is a confident shot and that is going in. And I don't know there's anyone that fills that bill better than Nick Batum, because when he shoots one, it really looks like it's going in.
1: So, David, earlier you mentioned that, would, would they really double-team Serge Ibaka? And you're right. getting to something that I thought about after the first half, when the Magic... They they were hitting shots, but I thought defensively maybe there was a good mentality, but there there wasn't a ton of defensive pressure. And obviously Steve Clifford was upset with the defense against Brooklyn. Uh, not didn't think that there was that intensity, that mentality that they needed to to win the game. And, and I but I'm thinking, what if teams have just figured out the Hornets defensively? Mm-hmm. What if what if teams have looked at this team defensively and, and said, Okay, we know what they're going to do every game. They're consistent. They're they're going to deny the paint as much as possible. If there's a if we try to post somebody, they're gonna front the post. They're going to ice they're gonna ice every side pick and roll, meaning they're gonna force things back towards the middle of the floor. They're not gonna give us baseline. Last night you saw Cody Zeller essentially leaving Bismack Biombo and playing playing zone when everyone else was playing man because they weren't worried about Bismack offensively. So you had Cody's basically shading strong side. Every time the ball went to the baseline, Cody moved to, to keep that from going to the rim. So teams know what the Hornets are going to do defensively, and so they end up just getting their best player in ISO situations and going one-on-one, or trying to, trying to drive, knowing that they're not going to make it to the rim, and kicking it back out, to shooters and making the Hornets close out, which they've been inconsistent with doing. Maybe, you know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe teams have just figured Mm -hmm. this defense out. What do you think about that?
0: Well, you hear it on offense a lot more when people talk about the Hornets. Like, it's not complicated what they do, right? Like, it's not tough to figure out. If you sit down, look down at the tape, uh, you can break it down, but they just execute uh, so well. So, I mean, it makes sense that that's going to, follow through on defense too right and it makes sense when you think about it from clipper's standpoint look at all the guys he's brought in that he's able to turn into good team defenders i mean you can't do that if you're throwing a ton of stuff at guys that are constantly you know going in and out as well so i think that's you know that's certainly a piece of it right i mean if you keep things simple you have guys that can come in and 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 execute a, a system so I, I that's I mean I think you're probably right, um, but but we also kind of see the teams, uh, you know, gel more as the season goes on, which makes sense. Um, but I think Clifford gets guys in there, especially the bench guys, that kind of figure things out from a defensive standpoint. I mean, are you do you remember seeing that the last couple of years or so?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think it's it's normally taken. It, I think the team is actually gelling in terms of team team defense, yeah. Oh, sure. you know, covering pick and roll coverages, things like that. When to help, how to help, how much to help. I think they've actually done a great job of that. I just think that, look, they built a team full of skilled players. They're not, you know, a lot of these players are not natural athletes. I mean, Nick Batum is, is lengthy. Um, but we don't see him making a ton of athletic plays, running, jumping, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's, it's more, he, he's more of a skilled player. Um uh, Michael Kit Gilchrist is one of the ones that is an athlete that is uh, that is more athletic than skill. Uh, but a lot of these players, I think, uh, you know, Frank Kaminsky, Jeremy Lamb, you know, a lot more skill than athleticism. And I think teams are seeing that now and going, OK, they play a simple defensive scheme uh, there. We just have to target the players we know we can go one on one against and beat. And we've got yeah. a better shot than not of of making a basket. And and I think they also know. Look, you know, Clifford's going to stick with his rotations, and they're not going to double a lot. So if we can get a guy going like Serge Ibaka, he can get twenty points and a half. If he's, you know, that's a risk because if if Serge Ibaka didn't have it going in that first half, then then that would have been an issue for Orlando. We should be fair though. The Hornets still have the 7th best defense in the league at 103 point, uh, 103 defensive rating for the hornets that's that's good for 7th that's better yeah, than yeah i mean that's
0: working yeah better than the <laughs> pistons working.
1: better than the thunder better than the bulls better than the heat so it's it's one of those things where you go okay we're going to lay out this strategy it's it's not going to work all of the time but we think it's going to work a majority of the time it just requires i think it requires players to be focused and intense The entire game because you don't have that that dynamic. You look at Miami, okay? They're coming up. Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside can single handedly save a bad defensive set with his ability to block shots. The Hornets don't have that, and 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 so you can so look. If it's working, it's great. But if it's not, I, I just worry that this team doesn't have the ability. Or, or doesn't have the 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 mentality to adjust, and what happens in? So you think it's what a problem? Happens in the you think it's an issue, or it could be? I think mean, it could be. That's what I'm mm-hmm. concerned with. I'm concerned with in the playoffs. You know, teams. If if this is what they stick with, teams figuring that out. I'm concerned. Well, listen, I'm overall concerned with the fact that this team, and I've said this for a season and a half now. I said this going back to the Miami series. Th- they've built a team on skill, but but. I'm worried that there's not enough not enough two-way play, not enough athleticism on this team to win in the playoffs.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, athleticism and shot makers, just shot creators. I mean, that's the big hole for me. But it's interesting on defense. I mean, what did you – well, so in that third quarter, did you think it was more defense or did you think the Magic were just throwing up? Cluggers.
1: Well, I think they got it. They the magic got away from Serge Ibaka. That was that was the that was one of the problems. I thought they did yeah. they did they made a I thought they made a couple of slight adjustments that helped them. I thought Marvin Williams stuck with Serge Ibaka and didn't help as much early on, and kind of got Ibaka. Ibaka was 0 for four because he got out of his groove early in that third quarter. Basically, they cooled him cooled him down, and I thought that was a little bit of the Hornets and a lot of. DJ Augustine and Jody Meeks not recognizing, you know, and feeding, feeding the hot hand. But here's here's my final point on this. I look at this, the Charlotte Hornets offense, and and while it may be, you could call it simple. I mean, it's just you know, it's a a a lot of pick and roll. There's not a ton of you know complicated set plays that you'll see in Atlanta or Golden State, but. They have a lot of players that can pass the basketball. And when you have that, you can introduce variables at all times. Like Nick Batum can move a defense by driving and then pass the ball anywhere on the court and make passes that other players can't make. And it it moves the defense in unpredictable ways. I just look at the defense on the other side and think, there, there's not a player right now. Even Michael Kidd-Gilchrist hasn't been able to... You know, get enough, and he's never been a big steal block guy. Uh-huh. There's, there's not one guy who can really impact the game or impact a particular defensive play consistently in a way that a Hassan Weisside or a DeAndre Jordan or Chris Paul, with his ability to steal the basketball, can. And that I think is worrisome. But I don't know if there's a ton they could do about that. But it just, just kind of just is what it is.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like we said, it's working too, right? I mean, it's top 10 defense year in, year out. So uh, he's he's patching something together, whether or not it's as flexible as you might like, uh, maybe not, but, uh, you know, When you have MKG, right? I just think
1: think this defense needs a little yoga. They need to get a little more flexible. That's all I'm saying. All right, the Hornets play again tonight, and Charlotte hosting the Miami Heat, a final opportunity to tune things up before a big New Year's Eve bash in Charlotte with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before we get to this Miami Heat preview, let's go to David, who has an update on all-star voting.
0: That's right. Uh, Christmas came and went, and with it, the introduction of all-star voting now you may be asking doug how can i vote for hornets or anyone but how can i vote for one hornet in particular kimba walker who may have a chance to actually make that all-star game and i'll tell you how you can go on twitter (laughs) you can go on twitter you can tweet retweet or reply at kimba walker hashtag nba vote on facebook post or comment kimba walker hashtag nba vote or you can go onto the internet website of the nba nba nba.com backslash
1: oh they have a website now
0: that's right and and fill out a full ballot uh i think you can do that now the fans can still do one per day like the media and the and the players i think can only do one per but uh per season or per player what have you but the fans can still do it once per day so you know the hornets have rolled out this excellent kimball walker charlotte ranger uh video if you haven't seen that Go check it out. It's it's amazing. The it, it eyes
1: of the ranger <laughs> are upon you. By Spencer Halls. Is that mine, original? Well, yeah. Mine, mine's not as good as Spencer's. <laughs> but
0: that's how we want to do it, folks. So go out there and vote for Kimball Walker. And, hey, you know, give Nick Batum a vote, too. He's playing well.
1: He's playing really well. I, I just think, again, had he played, had he started the year off the way he's playing now, you could you could enter Nick Batum into some discussions. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, it's it's But it's not yeah. a lot of flash, you know. That's the thing too. He would have to to get to get into that triple double conversation that Russell Westbrook is in to really yeah. to get that consideration because his game is his game is cerebral. His game is skillful. It's not, you know, Kimba Walker puts up big numbers, but he also does it in a way that is just suitable for highlight reels. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And other than uh, Nick Batum's uh, nutmeg game, it's 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 extremely it's extremely it's it's very strong. A lot of nutmeg, almost too much nutmeg. It makes it taste a little too sweet sometimes. Um, Okay, let's talk about this Miami Heat game before I talk about nutmeg some more. Uh, Tonight, the Hornets face off against the 13 and 22 Miami Heat. The Heat are fresh off a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday, 106 to 94 their second loss and fourth out of their last five they're struggling a little bit the heat still dealing with a lot of injuries including former bobcats power forward josh mcroberts he'll Hmm. be missing extended time once again for the heat with a stress fracture in his foot espn notes that uh, his streak of 19 straight games played leading up to uh, being out for that oklahoma city thunder was his longest with the heat 19 straight his longest With the Heat, since joining the team, he will have missed 119 out of the 210 games played, including playoffs, since he was signed by the Miami Heat. McRoberts was averaging 4.9 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 2.3 assists in 22 games this season. So not good there for the former Mm -hmm. Bobcat. It's It's been a struggle since he left the team.
0: It's been a tough go. Thought he might be playing with LeBron, and that never worked out.
1: That didn't work out. It was a little weird how he left Charlotte, and and it hasn't worked out, unfortunately, for him. Some other injury. Shooting guard Deion Waiters has been ruled out with a groin strain, and star point guard Goran Dragic is questionable with lower back spasms. Deion Waiters is one of the few Heat players who likes to get to the rim. Otherwise, their guard set is is very perimeter-focused, but they don't shoot the three ball particularly well which could you could surmise that's where their offensive problems lie uh but Goran Dragić has been playing very well this December he's averaging 22.4 mm-hmm. points 6.6 assists and 4.4 rebounds this December according to uh stats the the what's that stats.nba.com he is just one of five players in the league currently averaging 22 6 and 4 that uh joins LeBron James, Kyle Lowry, John Wall and Kyrie Irving. So if Gorin Ooh. is unable to give it a go, David, that could be big for the Hornets chances to take home the W.
0: Yeah, a big blow and I'm I'm guessing you think that would force Tyler Johnson into the starting lineup cuz he's been pretty good off the bench for them. Um like the second leading six-man scorer in the NBA at about 13 and a half points per. So Wow, that's I'm surprising. That,
1: that's a, you do yeah. there's not a lot of pub around that.
0: No, not at all. I would not well, have. I would, Lou, he would not. <laughs> it would
1: not be my first. The the first name I guessed.
0: Yeah, well, it's because Lou Williams averages you know twenty points on the bench oh, for the okay. Lakers. There
1: we go. That's why. Yeah, smoking yeah. Lou.
0: That's right. So this team, I will tell you what, the the Heat are like the All Star team for. Oh man, that guy's. I didn't know where that guy was. He's in Miami. He's got Wayne Ellington. Wayne Odom. You got Derek Williams. Yep. He'll start. You got, of course, Goran, Justice, Winslow, Hassan Whiteside, and then they also have Udonis Haslam is still Wait, there Justice, before.
1: Justice is in is in Miami. Did they draft him? Where did they draft him?
0: Oh, have you heard heard, heard the story? So, so, let me break it down for you. Don't uh, a couple years. <laughs> your... <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
1: Hey, questions swirling around the Mi- the big question swirling around Miami right now. They start and end with Hassan Whiteside, who is supposed to undoubtedly be their best player, their franchise player. They signed him mm-hmm. to the big four-year, $98 million max contract, that that franchise center anchor that that used to be popular and now is not so popular. Uh, He's averaging 17.8 points on 54.6% shooting, a league-leading 14.7 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks per game. All great numbers. But that's not what people are talking about. People are talking about his effort, giving up on plays, giving up on on stretches of games. And Eric Spolstra has, has been on record as being unhappy about it. Uh, all kinds of beat reporters making comments about it. And, and you just wonder, David, is he or will he ever be a franchise player? We know he's the pride of Gastonia, North Carolina. We know that. But will he be a franchise player?
0: I mean, I wouldn't bet on it uh, for me, for my basketball team, if I'm building around him. I I, I mean, I really like what he brings to the table, and you may disagree with this, Doug, but just for all those reasons you mentioned, it's tough to put that franchise label on him. I mean, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get from him effort-wise, so that's a concern. But also just the center position, right? I mean, how many franchise centers are there going to be left, uh, you know, in the NBA as as we're moving forward? So I don't know that his offense is at a place where he can – really anchor teams on 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 both ends. So, I mean for me it's it's risky if you're putting that label on him.
1: Yeah, the Miami Heat defense actually a few points worse when he is on the floor and there's some complexity to that that we don't have time to get into but do do, do some homework on that. It's very interesting to look at how, you know, again, he can impact a single play, but sometimes, you know, I think he had the Stephen Adams dunk when he wasn't paying attention at all. I mean there there are those plays as well. I think it's tough to call anyone a franchise player who you could also say needs a veteran on the team to keep him in line. Like I can't think of another yeah. franchise player in the history of the NBA that that was definitively – like everyone knew that's the franchise player that needed a veteran to to keep them focused – you know, you need that you need other players to, you know, like Dwayne Wade needed Shaq to win that first title, but not but not because Dwayne Wade wasn't doing enough or not because he wasn't motivated every single possession, just because they yeah. needed that scoring. Same thing with bringing LeBron to the to the Heat. They needed that extra something to get over the hump and get that NBA championship, but but Dwayne Wade was always he was their franchise player and he was always giving Like no one questioned his effort. You can't be a franchise player and have people question your effort. That's just not a thing,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I will say though, like that—that's—that's a lofty expectation. I think. Well, not expectation. It's—it's—it's—it's rarefied air. I think. If you're talking to franchise player, right? Like, you don't have to be a franchise player to be, you know, a main guy. You know what I mean? Like, did the Hornets have a franchise player? Would you think before? I mean, obviously, I think Kimba is, but. Over the last and of and years, that's strange, did.
1: right? Because Kimba not making franchise player money. I mean, Nick Batum right. is making the franchise player money. Yeah, and yeah. and and Hassan Whiteside is making franchise player money. But you know, I, I think it's not it's not a given. Like every every franchise doesn't have a franchise player. And you, another you angle have to that, earn that.
0: Yeah, another angle of that Doug. Do you think players are clamoring to to go play with Hassan Whiteside? No. Right. I mean, and no one no too.
1: one no one will deny his talent no one mm-hmm. will deny his ability to impact a possession or even a game yeah but hey. you can certainly deny his ability to impact a season because you know if he were a franchise player you could argue he should with goran Dragic and and great defense from justice winslow that they they should be a better team than 13 and twenty two.
0: And no one knows his impact more than I think, Hornets fans. You guys, we saw it in the playoffs last year, right? And even in the regular season, I mean, he'll he have a dominates. big listen. He'll have a big game yeah.
1: against Charlotte. I guarantee yeah. it. Uh, yeah. You know, they're they're going to have to to put a lid on Gorin if if Goren plays, it gets over these lower back spasms and is able to give it to go. They're going to have to put the clamps down on him, and and also Josh Richardson is back in. That he wasn't in that first matchup. Early in the season, back in all the way back in October, October 28th, the last time the Hornets played the Heat. Josh Richardson not in that one. He scored a career high 22 points against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So whoever's guarding him, whether it be MKG or Nick Batum, has to stay locked in on Josh Richardson or at least recover back to him as quickly as possible because he can light it up, he can get hot, he can knock down the three. Don't know Marco's uh, Marco Bellinelli's status yet. He's still dealing with that sprained ankle injury. Uh, check Twitter at Locked On Hornets for updates on that. Last word on this matchup, David, and we'll get out of here.
0: Well, I think it's the Miami Heat. I mean, we've seen it as of late, like you can't sleep on any of these teams in the NBA, Brooklyn Nets, uh, even Orlando Magic for a good portion of that first half. So the Miami Heat are going to bring the heat. No, that's not good. They're going to. No, that's not good. (laughs) That's not good. Um, They got to see locked in second night of a back to back big home game coming up with the Cavaliers, too. So. That's what I want to see, Doug. I, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you feel good about last night's win? Or are you still waiting for them to put a couple of these together? Because that Nets loss was so crushing. I want to see them do this again tonight before I can really start to be like, oh, all right, this team's moving along the right track.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Our expectations were like clamoring. Oh, Please, 48 minutes of good basketball. They do right. that against Orlando, and now we're saying, okay, what's 48 times two? Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop, boop. Uh, 96. Now I want 96 minutes. Uh, listen, I didn't. I didn't take a single math class in college. There's a reason for that. Uh, 96, 96 minutes of good basketball. That's what we're looking for for the Hornets. Now they've got to follow it up. That's what Steve Clifford's looking for. He said it after the game. It's not about yep. what they did against the Orlando Magic. It's about you know g- good teams. Teams that can win in the playoffs have to be able to do this night in, night out, especially mm-hmm. against teams that you know you can beat. The Hornets know they can beat. They have the talent. They have the the game plan, the ability to beat the Miami Heat. Now they just have to go out there and do it. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps us move up the rankings, helps people uh, find this podcast. And also here, most importantly, tell somebody, tell a friend about where they can find the best Hornets talk anywhere. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to BuzzBuzz buzz at lockedonhornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of this huge third matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So, what if I like to stay up late and watch TV, Don't With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway's Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for $8 with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are 10 for $10 with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.